The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the importance of conversational intelligence platforms for any B2B organization. Joining us is Yad Ganesh, who is the Director of Marketing at Avoma, which is a meeting lifecycle assistant that helps you before, during, and after your meetings. Avoma offers conversation intelligence by recording, transcribing, and summarizing all of your meetings and calls into a one-pager AI-generated set of notes to democratize the gathering of intelligence across your organization. And in addition to being the director of marketing at Avoma, Yag is also the voice of the ABM Conversation Podcast, which is a fellow member of the HubSpot Podcast Network. And today we're excited to chat with a fellow member of HPN and learn a little bit about conversational intelligence for marketing. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Yag Ganesh, the director of marketing from Avoma. Yag, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? I'm so happy to be here and thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here and I'm going to start this podcast off by attempting to pronounce and probably butchering your name. Here we go. Are you ready? Absolutely. Go for it. Yaganeshwaran. That is amazing. This is the first time I've heard somebody outside of India pronouncing my name right. Did I get a Yaganeshwaran? Almost 90%. All right. Thank you. Not bad for a white guy. <laughs> Yaganeshwaran Ganesh. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful podcast you have at ABM Conversations. And also you're the director of marketing at Avoma. Conversational intelligence is what your business is focused on. Talk to me a little bit about what conversational intelligence is specifically for marketers. First of all, conversational intelligence basically means that the kind of intelligence that you can derive from conversations, be it meetings, phone calls, to explain it from a marketing perspective, here's what it looks like. So on a regular basis, marketers are more often than not working in their own silos. They are never probably talking to a customer or they are not listening to these calls or meetings and all of that. And 90% of the times it's the salespeople and customer success people who are in touch, who are these customer facing people. And as marketers, when you don't have that context, you are going to work in your own silos. The content that you produce or the kind of campaigns that you run are based on your own assumptions and it's never going to work. 
So where conversation intelligence comes in handy, basically it gives you an insight into what your prospects are asking for, what are they talking about, what your customers are feeling, and then taking those things into context and applying it into your marketing and making sure that as an organization, everybody is working towards one goal and one direction so that everybody's aligned. So that is the core purpose. And that's how I use conversation intelligence from a marketing perspective. You know, if there were 10 commandments of marketing, I don't know what all nine of them would be, but I'm sure at least one of them would be know thy customer. Absolutely. And what you're talking about is using the intelligence that is gained through the sales team. And often pre-digital age, marketers would do the sales ride along. They would go in the car with the sales rep, go visit their customers and listen to the conversations as they were trying to sell to hear some of the rebuttals and some of the language that their customers would be spitting out in the sales process. And then they'd try to reflect that back in their marketing efforts. You know, as we started to get into the digital age, that became, I'm going to sit in on some of the phone calls, maybe the Zoom meetings. And now as artificial intelligence is coming along, we're basically able to consolidate that and minimize the amount of time we actually have to sit in the same room with the sales team. Nothing personal, sales brethren and sistren. Talk to me a little bit about what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of the technological approach, the consolidation of the data when marketers aren't actually sitting in the room using their own ears to listen to sales conversations? Maybe I can give you a content marketing example to start with. So what happens is, this is something that happened very early in my career, and this was my very first job, and I was sitting in a meeting room. I was actually an intern, and I was reporting to a person who was heading sales, and we were in a meeting. And there was this whole discussion where they were about to launch a product. And towards the end of the discussion, my boss asked the other person as to who's going to work on the content for the entire GTM. And then the head of marketing said, we have three people in content marketing who will take care of all of these things and they know things best. Now, the number one question that my boss asked him there was, are those three people who were not part of this meeting, who have no context about what's going to happen, who have never spoken to a customer, are they the right people to write this content? And to me, <laughs> an alarm went off because that was my very first job. I never knew. I was simply following orders. I was just trying to understand and figure things out on the way. And this question really startled me. It made me think as to, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, If I don't even have any context about what the customer wants, then at best, what I'm going to do in terms of content is I'm going to just look at what my product features are, convert that into a problem statement, and again, reconvert those solutions as offer the solutions for that and call it a day. And that is not helping anyone. Now I'll switch back and see what happens or how it really helped me when I worked with a salesperson. So that was one time way back in 2014, I was going to host an event in Malaysia and my CEO told me that at the end of that event, he wants to get about 16 POCs. And to me, it was like, that's quite a number. You cannot expect that much to happen. It's ridiculous. But what it did was I scheduled a trip to Malaysia from Chennai and I went along with my salespeople and met an existing customer. And that customer, we had a good rapport. He had a good rapport. And then he introduced us to 20 other companies in his network. And I did not have to do anything. And those 20 people came into the room. It was a private event. And at the end of it, we did sign actually 15 POCs. 
And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So close to the goal. One short. <laughs> yeah, one short. Exactly. Right. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I did not have to run any email campaigns. It was not a cold outreach. It was an introduction. And the story was pretty much clear because this person who was my existing customer, he gave us an insight into what their problems are, what they're trying to solve. And we were exactly able to deliver those content in that event. You know, we brought in a couple of existing customers and there was a keynote and all of that and pretty much everything was sorted. So I understand the notion that you were able to go out and do some networking. Not only did you learn what the problem statement was from your main contact, but then that was able to be transferred to people that he or she knows. Talk to me about how that connects to conversation intelligence as it exists today. So right now we are amidst the pandemic and I hope the pandemic ends soon. But the thing is, we are working in different locations. In my current organization, for example, I have three A's sitting between New York and DC. And then I have my customer success team sitting in Oregon. And then I have some of our developers sitting in different parts of India. And there is no way that I can sit along these people and get information on a daily basis. So the way right now I work is every day in the morning when I go for a jog, I'm putting on my earphones, I'm listening to the calls the previous night and how things have worked for them and what people are asking. And that really inspires me to either come up with a campaign idea or come up with the right kind of content. So let me give you an example here. A few days back, this so happened that one of the things that our product does is it captures the filler words in a conversation. So for starters, what filler words means is words like, you know, and things like that we constantly use in a sentence to fill in. So my biggest filler word that I use is, you know, that's why that came in first. Mm -hmm. So the question that this guy asked to my A was that I get that you're able to capture those filler words and you're giving me a list of who are the people who use the most number of filler words and what are those filler words and all of that. But how does that help me? Does merely using filler words, does it mean that I'll not be able to close a deal or what is the kind of impact? And I was stumped. I was like, wow, that's a very interesting question. And we don't have any piece of content actually talking about that on the website. And I was like, okay, let me go back and do some research. You know, let me not just blindly write one article just for the sake of SEO and try to rank. No, that doesn't work. Let me write something for specifically for the customer. And when I went back and did a research, we had about a million calls that we could go back to. And we realized that there were three factors there. One, just because you use filler words, it doesn't mean that you're not going to close a deal. And number two, what we realized was if you're using about 70 to 80% filler words for every 100 words that you speak, then you're going to deliver a very bad experience. You're going to come across as you are either not confident or you're nervous or you're not sure of what you're talking and so on and so forth. And then the third part was if you're 100% perfect, it comes across as plastic. And you don't want to do that either. We then figured out that there is this one to 2% error that sounds very realistic. And that is what you should have. And then we made an entire blog post around this, married it to some of our SEO strategies as well. And then we shared it with the customer that was asking that question. And pretty much that became a viral blog post. To me, the number one takeaway there is that if you start writing for the customer by understanding their problems, it helps a lot more than writing for a prospect that you don't even know what the problems are. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So conversational intelligence helps you in a couple different ways. First off, you mentioned sort of the linguistics of understanding speech pattern behaviors and it helps you analyze who's actually giving the message and whether they're delivering it clearly or not. But from a marketing perspective, it allows you to consolidate some of the language that your customers and prospects are using. I'm going through a, a similar process now. We're actually in the midst of rebranding my company. My company started off as Ben J. Shap LLC. Sounds very me-centric, uh, practically my name because it was an independent marketing consulting business. It was me selling professional services. And now that we're into new media products, it doesn't make sense to call the company my name. So we're rebranding to being called I Hear Everything. And I don't know how to describe that to people. And I have to go figure out, you know, who are the customers that are going to be sponsors of podcasts. But it's hard to go and find the hub spots of the world who are the sponsor of this podcast and get enough data from them to be able to say, this is universally how I should market myself. So when you're thinking about gathering marketing intelligence and understanding what your customers are saying, how much data do you need? Can you talk to one or two customers and, and use artificial intelligence to understand how they're describing product sets and problems? Or do you need to actually have a fully flushed out product with salespeople and gathering lots of calls and lots of information to understand how artificial intelligence can help you in marketing? I would say talking to just one or two people does not give you a lot of consolidated information. It does not really help because it can still be a very uh, small sample set to go after. But to give you a perspective, maybe I can talk about an example. One of the things that we do is like, say, for example, I can go back and filter to the last 90 days or probably 30 days or even six months and look at all the calls that have happened during that period. And let me take a specific case problem here to talk about. Let's say if I want to come up with a competitor deck, I can go back and look at the two or three most mentioned competitors by our prospects and customers over the last 60 days. And when I look at that, I'll see that, okay, number one, number two, these are the two companies, competitor one and two that gets mentioned the most. Now, how does that help? Is instead of me assuming that these are the two biggest competitors that I have, just to say that, like, say, for example, if I was a live chat tool to blindly say that, hey, Intercom and Drift are my two biggest competitors, 
it would make all the more sense for me to look at this data and then say that, okay, these are the two companies that my customers are comparing me the most with, or these are the two tools that they're evaluating the most before or after coming to my solution. Now that helps me work on these two competitor decks first and put forth our value proposition as to how we are different from them or how we solve them and help that. Now that is from a competitor perspective. Say, for example, I can ask my salesperson to ask this one question, one simple question saying, hey, how did you come across Avoma? How did you find Avoma? And then let's say somebody told me that they read a blog post or they saw us on LinkedIn or they saw us on Google or whatever. And then that gets consolidated and I'm able to see one single dashboard that says that these are the top three or four sources through which people find you. I can double down my marketing investments on those to make sure that this is where I'm generating my customers. So this helps me get a proper data-driven approach as to what to do. But for starters, you'll have to look at a minimum of six months to get an understanding of what's happening. And I would say that would roughly mean about at least 500, 600 calls to make sure that the data is proper. And if you're doing with a small sample set, yes, you might still get something. But when you look at a longer term, then you know what is working and what is not. So what I'm hearing from you is that there's a couple different ways to use conversational intelligence for marketing. You're able to do your competitive research, understand what your customers are looking at, who's in your competitive set, not just take a blanket statement of here are the other major players in our industry. You can understand how they're describing the problems that they have, the pain that they're suffering. You can also get some understanding of what the solutions are. How do you start to think about how you can evaluate whether your brand is competitive with the other people in your competitive set and what you can do to start repositioning yourself or understanding what's going to make you appeal more thoughtful, engaging, interactive to your prospects. So once you have these set of competitors, and then once you go and look back, whether you've won those deals or lost those deals, and then you can dig deeper into those calls and, and try and understand what was their use case and why we won or lost something, then you get to have an understanding as to, okay, if a VP of sales is coming into a conversation with us, what their expectations are versus somebody from a customer success team coming in and trying to buy our software, what they are looking at. And now I get a fair understanding as to, okay, people from this, uh, people who are coming from this persona, they are trying to evaluate these kind of solutions, whereas somebody from this is coming to try out these other three, four solutions. Now, that's where I have an understanding. Then second thing what I look at is what story resonates the most. Let's say if I'm winning about 60, 70% versus one particular competitor, I know that say one particular factor, it might be either a feature or it might be the way we are positioned to do something and the way we are able to scale beyond other functions and all of that. Those can be the stories. So fundamentally, what I'm saying here is that I'm able to go and look back at how these have translated. This is not just about who we are getting compared with. I can also look at the um, you know win and close deals. I can connect this to the CRM. I can connect this to some of our internal tools. We can also collaborate and pass this information to somebody else within the team. So there is this entire team working on. To give you an example, sometimes it can be as simple as a set of customers requesting us a set of features. What happens is when a product team is looking at that particular screen and understanding that, okay, these are the five features that are most requested, then they are going to pick it up and they are going to develop that. So competitively, that also helps us from a product marketing perspective that we are able to give that input to the product team and then we are able to collaborate. And then when we launch a feature, all of us have a common context to go into that PMM cycle as well. 
All right, lots of different ways to use conversational intelligence for marketing. There's also some ways that we can use it in sales, and we're going to cover that in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Yag Ganesh, Director of Marketing at Avoma. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Yag and I are going to talk about conversational intelligence for sales enablement. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Yag, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Yagneshwaran, which is Y-A-A-G-N-E-S-H-W-A-R-A-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is avoma.com, A-V-O-M-A.com. You can also find Yag on the ABM Conversations podcast, which you can find through the HubSpot Podcast Network. Just go to HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap. B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.